Hi guys, I'm Rylan and welcome to my podcast, Reunion, the show all about reuniting blasts from the past, brought to you by my friends at Sky Bingo. On the show today, I am joined by a woman who's a singer, a TV presenter and a very good friend of mine. Now, she began her career in S Club Juniors before becoming part of the Saturdays and I first met her aged 11 when we went to secondary school together, believe it or not. Since then, she has hosted TV shows like Ninja Warrior, This Morning, and The Hit List. And I've always loved talking to her because she's one of us. It's the gorgeous Rochelle Humes. So I am very excited for this reunion because I actually go back with this lovely lady probably 33, 20, 21, 22 years, which is quite crazy. And um, I'll let her do the explaining because today I'm being reunited with Rochelle, everyone. Hello, Gorge. Yay! Oh, my goodness me. Are we that old, babe? When did that happen? We used to be young. (laughs) I don't know. When you say 20-something years, that doesn't feel so good. (laughs) It really don't. Uh, Rosh, it's so lovely to see you. So nice to see you. Very lucky that I get to see you out and about at work all the time. But first and foremost, how are you, Gorgeous? I'm good. I'm really good. Busy, juggling life and, you know, work and motherhood and everything else in between. But I'm very good, my love. So good to see you. Well, you look lovely. It's always lovely to see you. And we should probably explain how we do go back that far. Yeah. Because myself and Rochelle, we uh, ended up going to the same secondary school together. And um, all, all I'll say is Cooper's Company and Coburn School, big shout out, lovers brethren. Forever. But Rochelle did dirty on me and year eight did a runner. I got off. She went off to join the circus, didn't you, babe? Basically, it's, that's exactly what I did. Yeah, <laughs> I, year eight, I got off, didn't I? Went into SP yeah. Juniors, which is mad. That just feels like many, many moons ago now. But yeah, um, I knew you before you were Rylan. Before yeah. you were a brunette. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you when you were ginger. Little chubby ginger kid running around Coburn yeah. Court. Yeah, that yeah. was me. You weren't chubby, babe. You babe, I, I knew you when you had an afro. I was going to say. Well, babe, that's still there. It's <laughs> <laughs> very much still there. But yeah, we've, we've seen each other at awkward times. Yeah, it's always been really, really strange how, how we've always bumped into each other. So many times. Yeah. But what's nice is we know the real version of one another, yeah. but we also knew the glow up at the other side. Yeah. <laughs> it's not often that happens. It's not often that happens. No. We knew the common version that used to uh, get a chocolate donut at break for 50 pence. Oh, listen, you can take us out of Essex. You'll never take the Essex out of us. I'm still there for that donut. <laughs> Absolutely not. They were good donuts. <laughs> yeah. um, Rosh, honestly, you have had quite the career to be honest and do you know what I you know this and I think I've said this before Nikki Chapman who was part of putting S Club Juniors together she's a good friend of mine now we work at Radio 2 together and I rinse her daily because she says her biggest life regret was not putting me in S Club Juniors and and she's right she is right she is right I would have loved it if we'd have done that together too can you imagine I, I can it makes no sense that you weren't there <laughs> well, I mean, technically, I suppose I was a bit of an S Club junior, just on the outside, because I became like a bit of an ultimate fan 
of S Club Juniors. I was even there for the switch to S Club 8, and that says a lot. <laughs> That was the big deal right there. That was a big deal. You would have been the perfect S Club Junior. I mean, it is strange because obviously you were in the band with Frankie, Frankie Bridge. Mm -hmm. uh, you were in the band with Aaron Renfrey, who yeah. ended up being one of my mates and one of my backing dancers when I was on X Factor. So it's all a little bit connected, but you were what? 13, 14 when you got into the band. Younger, 12, I think. Were you 12? Oh, yeah, because mm. you were a young one, weren't you? You were young. Yeah. How was that for you? Because, you know, you just started secondary school. And I remember starting Cooper's. It's, it was quite a good school. It was like, I think it was the top school in the country at the time. And it was quite a big deal to get into Cooper's. And all of a sudden, you just disappeared and your life completely changed overnight. How did you actually deal with that at that age? It did, actually. And I remember, first of all, we would go back to school. So we would have, like, tutors, and then occasionally we would go back and do, like, the odd week or a month mm. if we wasn't doing promo. And I remember finding that really weird because kids are kids, right? Like, so by some of my friends, it was, like, super well-received and, like, this is so cool, this is so fun. And then you'd get the other crew that are, like, she's bitchy now and she's changed because she thinks she's all good. Yeah. It's because they're jealous. I mean, you could see that later on in life, can't you? But at the time, I remember being like, mm. I've not. Why does everybody think that? This is so sad. Um, so, yeah, I kind of rem remember, like, it was a hard thing to sort of navigate and, like, yeah, it was that, that was an odd experience. And then we moved to full-time tutoring because it, it sort of grew bigger than I suppose we all imagined. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, do you know what? I know no different. It was the most fun experience of my life. I adored it. I had such a good time. And do you know what's funny? It sort of weirdly gave me a false hope into the industry because... I'd started off in the industry so young, I knew that's where I wanted to be. That was, and I think in a way it was quite nice because it sort of, it was a real insight into that world. And it was kind of like you either decided it was for you or it wasn't. And it really was for me. However, when I then, as an adult, started working in the industry, I'm like, how comes we like don't have a really long lunch break? And how comes we don't all finish now at like four or five? And like, because you had chaperones and you were protected, you're now 18. This is where the real graph starts. And I was like, wow, this is, the hours are really different. That's it, now you've got work. Do you know what? We were really well protected. We were really well looked after, I have to say. It wasn't, there's no stories of like feeling like, it was like some sort of child labour or, you know, we really mm. were treated really well. And our parents were really crucial to that. They were super involved and naturally worried because, you know, my mum was a single parent, part-time hairdresser, worked in boots full-time and whatever else from Essex. That, that, the, the life was so different to anything she knew. So she was sort of like, yeah. should I let you do this? And I remember saying when I got the audition... If you don't let me do this, I'm never going to talk to you again. <laughs> um, so she did let me, but she was just super, like, on it. I suppose, you know, as you would naturally be worried about your child's welfare, and that was super important to mm. my mum. Yeah, and do you know what? That is another thing, because, you know, you're a parent now, um, and the fear of your child going into an industry like that at that age must have been quite difficult for your mum. Yeah. I don't know if where it was so different to her world, it was actually better. Mm. Like, I know so much, and you do, about this industry 
to be honest with you, right, I don't think I would let my kids do it. Mm. I just don't. I don't think I would let them have that as an option at 12. Yeah. And that's a real hypocritical thing to say. But I feel like I maybe know too much and I'm too involved that I just think, oh, let's, you can, you've got plenty of time for all of that because I've sort of lived and learned it. But my mum, it was so, so I think had she have been me, she probably wouldn't have let me. So I lucked out really. Yeah, you did. And do you know what was really nice as well for you? Because you didn't actually go into this experience alone because you ended up in the band with your best friend, Frankie. And I mean, the, the chances of that happening are so slim, yeah. but you literally had your best friend in the band with you. Well, it was weird because we went to the audition together. So we went as, you know, because we would we were at the same dance school every weekend. And so we went together and it wasn't like a full-time dance school. It was we'd go on a Sunday and we'd be there all day and yeah. we loved it, adored it. And we the discussion was together. So we were like, should we see if our mums will take us? And it was a thing that we started together. And it's weird that our careers have always kept us like bizarrely so aligned. Yeah. And then the band was sheer coincidence afterwards getting into the Saturdays. We had no idea that we were both going for the group. Are you joking? We had no idea. No, no idea. And I almost... I didn't know that. Yeah, no idea. And I almost didn't go to that audition because I had really bad food poisoning. And weirdly, my mum was like, go on, I'll drop you to the station. You should, I've just got a good feeling about this one. You should go. So I nearly just bailed on it altogether. And then obviously now we're both, you know, Frankie's recently a loose woman. And now we're both sort of working in the same building. It's just bizarre that like we're supposed to be on this little journey like in and around each other's space, which is mad. Yeah. And you know what's of it? I mean, I'm going to get onto the Saturdays in a minute, but when S Club Juniors, then Reinvention S Club 8, when that finished, how old were you around the time that the sort of band kind of disbanded and it just sort of went? I feel I was probably like, I think I was... 16, 15, 16. Really? Yeah, that was quite a tricky time. What happened? Because, I mean, that's all you knew at this point. Yeah. And we literally had, like, the dream here and we were living our best lives. We were kids. We were. It was like magic. We'd be, like, on gigs, meeting our idols and performing in the same spaces as them. And, and then it literally all just went away, as these things do. But I think with adult life and adult knowledge you're armed for you know you know that one minute you're hot and the next you're not yeah and I suppose naturally we weren't kids anymore we were all like you know like going through puberty and teens and it was always going to have a shelf life and but obviously as a kid that's quite hard to process and quite hard to understand that so I think that was the that was probably the most difficult time so I remember being super sad being like what am I going to do? Like, do I now go back to school? Do I, mm. how does this work? I'm now used to being home tutored and it was literally everything to nothing. Um, so then it was real, I think it was almost fight or flight then and at a young age, I, it was good character building because at a young age, I sort of was like, right, okay, this is what I want. I'm going to look at more auditions and then I, then that's when my love for telly kicked in and I knew that that's what I wanted to do from that point. So I then did, um, went for a load of auditions and got a job. 
host in Smile. Do you remember for the BBC, for CBBC? Yeah, I do. Fern and Reggie left and I took over from Fern and Reggie with the guy called Barney Harwood. And that was magic. That was like, okay, this is my buzz. Yeah. So I always knew doing telly full circle after then being in the Saturdays, I always knew that's where I wanted to be because it's almost... I don't know if you can call S Club Juniors as a job because I was so young. So that was almost my first proper job because I was 16, 17. And that's where the buzz for me really began. And I remember speaking to Frankie um, just one day at work, actually. And she said uh, she remembers when S Club Juniors disbanded and that all sort of finished. Mm. She found that really difficult because like you, Mm. you're of a certain age, you... And that age, I mean, from 12 to 17, they're crucial years for anyone. Yeah. You know, everyone says your your school life makes you. Your school life is what shapes you for the rest of, of your life. But you didn't have that. You had a pop star's life yeah. for those crucial years. Then that went. And I remember speaking to Frankie and she was like, I remember I went and got a job in Utter in Romford, like mm. a clothes shop. And, yeah. you know, and she said people would come in and be like, Ain't you Frankie from S Club Juniors? It was so weird. And like, you know, we've spoke about that a lot. And I remember the same before I got the job in telly. My mum was like, well, you need to get in the real world. You need to get a job. And I'm thinking, it's not as easy as that. Like, this is wild. Like, but obviously you just, you know, suck it up and get on with it. And I remember working for the local radio station and not anything glamorous as such as having a radio show, but I was the promo girl. So I remember being yeah. outside Tesco, handing out leaflets, entering people into competitions, like being a promo girl and people going, why are you here? Like, aren't you famous? But um, but it's sort of like we had the fame, but then we didn't have any of the other stuff that went with it. So we didn't have the money, the money stopped mm. and we had to get in the world. And I think... That was probably the best life lesson is that, look, nothing's forever and you're going to have to go and start all over again. And that's exactly what I did do. And you did. And like I said, you know, you grafted, you did your promo work, you did other bits um, and along with the rest of the band as well. But then luckily enough, you got that job on Smile. But then, like you say, you heard about this audition. You wasn't going to go. You ended up going. And lo and behold... If this is love, the Saturdays were born. Yeah. And Rosh, Rosh, you know me, right? I think I message you probably once every few weeks <laughs> when the Saturdays are playing in my ass and I'm giving it like the uprooting, one of these. Yeah, there. And you girls just absolutely smashed it. You smashed it. Did you ever believe that you would get a second chance after being in S Club? Like, it's almost unheard of that that happens. Like, I cannot tell you how thankful you know, I was for that. And Frankie will tell you the same, like, Mm. especially having like a bite of the cherry and then it being nothing and having to really go back to grassroots and really go again. And it wasn't a give, and at that point we wasn't, you know, it was, I think I was 18 when I got into the Saturday. So at that point people didn't care, you know, juniors was almost something that would have gone against rather than actually helped. Um, there was no sort of like favours or no sort of, oh, she got in that because of what she'd previously done because actually it was, a, it was a negative at the time. So yeah, it was really, I was so thankful for that break. And we just had, again, such a brilliant time. So nice to do that with four other women I really respect. And that's rare as well. It's quite rare. Yeah. We've kind of, 
we've always stayed friends, which is, you know, has always been super important to us. And it's rare. It's rare. Listen, we don't talk every single day, but I would only have good stuff to say about the girls. And when we meet up, it's all love. And, and, and that's something that's always been important to us. So I think, yeah, I was so pleased for that, for that moment. And it's definitely a chapter in my life that's, that's, you know, that I've moved on from and there's no way that I could possibly do that with my life now. Really? You're breaking the gays' hearts. What are you doing? <laughs> Don't say that. Well, listen, I love it. Do you know what? Right, I'll be honest with you. I'm grown up enough to know you never say never to anything. And I'm sure you feel the same. Like, Good. You just don't know. And with this industry, you just never say never. However. However. I just can't see how I would do that now. I just really can't. And I think, but I have the fondest memories. I love the girls to death. And we had the best time. And we launched girl bands, you know, at a moment where, Girls Aloud were around, but they were the only other group and girl bands weren't cool. So to be able to do that and to, you know, it's mad. Like I was explaining to Alaya the other day, actually, which she kind of thinks I'm lying, but it's true. Mm. When Little Mix first formed and they were on X Factor, I remember we were rehearsing to go on tour and they come and shot the VT from our rehearsals and they came and asked us for advice. And, yeah. and I was saying that to Alaya and she was like, why would Little Mix need advice from you? Yeah. I was like, well, because, my, I know, burn. <laughs> I was like, well, because mummy was... Uh, mummy was a pop star, darling. Yeah, I was really... And she, and she sees the pictures and she... But she doesn't really get it. Like she's like, oh yeah, yeah cool. Like, but she doesn't realise that we were we were quite cool. We were like little mix at one point. And she was like, yeah, yeah, sure, cool story, bro. <laughs> How different was it though, Rosh? That you know you'd done it all before when you were younger. Yeah. But this time you're an adult. You're five women. Yeah. How different was it second time round for you? Well, I think I was so grateful. Um, so I think every little thing, and I got it, I knew how the industry worked. So, but I was also super, I just appreciated being there. And it wasn't like, cause I know how quickly it all can go. So I really, really appreciated it. And you know, we grafted, the girls and I, we didn't launch off of a reality show. So we didn't have that overnight X factor moment that look, you know, propels you into that or that, you know, the thing where people instantly know who you are. So we had to go and, you know, our dressing rooms were, were toilets on several occasions. You know, we, we, it wasn't glamorous to say the least for a long period of time until that moment clicked. And then, you know, our success sort of happened. So we, we grafted and I think because it happened that way, we really appreciated every little moment mm. and every, you know, you know, every sort of achievement was like, oh, we did that. Oh, you know, it was really sort of, it meant a lot to us. So yeah, I kind of, I'm so grateful for those. I look back so fondly and yes, it was hard work. And yes, a lot of the time we didn't have a life outside of it. And that's where I say that I just, I couldn't imagine living like that again. But I look back and think, wow, that was, I've definitely lived a full life. Yeah, you have. I mean, you lived a full life by the time you were 17. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. But I know, I mean, I know Frankie's been quite open about her battles mm. uh, with her mental health mm. and things like that. And I remember she was saying, I think it was um, the My uh, Heart Takes Over mm. video. when I think, You did that in Iceland, didn't you? And she, yeah, that's right. she said that she was in such a bad place at that point. 
and she just felt a little bit lost. And yeah. I just wanted to know from from you, did you ever feel at any point that you didn't really know where you were, what you wanted? Is this right? Is this wrong? I think you're sort of on a bit of a merry-go-round and it sort of is just happening in front of you. And I think, it, you know, you do feel vulnerable. You do feel... Because you're so thankful to be there, but equally it's hard work and you know that you're good at what you do. So there's, so there's, you're sort of, there's almost a struggle of sort of feeling like, be thankful for what you're doing because you could be replaced at any moment. You do, you, you, I remember feeling like that, but then also like, God, this is hard. And like, I don't know when my next day off is and I don't know, you know, I don't feel in control of my own life. And I think there were definitely times where I felt that for sure. I think I remember that time for Frankie particularly. And I think I remember that it was really, that was tough because obviously she was, she was going through that longer, you know, long before we actually knew the, the severity of it, I suppose. And I remember there being actually, and I remember she's spoken about this, but I remember there being a gig that we did in Ireland. And I remember hearing, I was, my room was next to her. And I remember hearing her upset, but I could hear it through the hotel room. And I remember thinking, this is bad. Like she's not, you know, she's not in a good place. And I think that was that sort of time where we had a little bit of a, okay, she needs a minute. Let's give her that time because, yeah, it, you know, it's not, it, it is something that just, it takes over your whole life and there's, unless you make time to deal with stuff that's going on, it's it's hard for that to happen. So I think Frankie's always been really open with talking about mental health. And, you know, long before as a globally and as a nation that we started doing that, she's always been really open with that, which is, which is great and helped lots of people in the process. So I think, yeah, listen, it was, that was a really a horrible time for her particularly. But I suppose... I can totally relate to the fact that at some points it was like our life is spiraling out of control because you're what you know you're wanted you need to you know you need to strike while I am hot but you're also human you're a product yeah exactly that and and you you've got a record label so there's pressure because you've actually got x amount of singles that you have to release in the contract so they we need another one before Christmas and we're all sitting there thinking well how are we going to fit another one in um so there were definitely those moments where you're like life's moving but you're not really sure if you're moving with it um so when I look back at that now I think wow how I stayed okay in that period of time you know is mad it's a testament to you I think I think it's a testament to you because you know I think we've all gone through things in this industry and this isn't Mm. me playing the oh poor famous people well what oh we've got it so hard done by it's not that in the slightest but I think people do think that when they see you up on stage or when they see me on X Factor or Big Brother or whatever doing my job, that we're just there for that one hour a week or one hour a night and that's it. But yeah. actually there's the yeah. all the hours that come before it. And I got to that point where I felt like whenever I left my house, I had to be at work. So the second I walked out of my gate, I'm at work. Because you are, because you're a public figure and regardless of whether, like if we go back to juniors, regardless of whether you're not doing it no more, 
people don't forget. Like a lot of people say to me, well, if you don't like that, why don't you just stop doing it? It's because, well, people's memories don't get erased. So if I was to stop doing my job now, for the next 10, however many years, people will still come up to me and be like, hello, Rylan, how are you, mate? Like, rah, 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 rah. You're still Rylan. And it's like, the only thing I wouldn't have was the money that goes with it. So it's, it's you know, it's a catch-22. It is a catch-22, but... Yeah, I think, I think like you say, it's, it's, it's a catch-22 because we know how it is. And, and you've been the same in your career, Rylan, where you've, you've had it, it's not been there, it's been back again. You know, it's not... This industry is, is, you know, slowly now, you and I at a level where it's been consistent for a while. But to get to this point, there's been so much, we're so much up and down. So we know and we're lucky. how fortunate we are and we're so grateful and we're so lucky. But that doesn't mean that sometimes it doesn't feel like everybody wants their pound of flesh and it can get a little bit on top, can't Absolutely. it? I think that's just life. That's the nature is, you know, whatever your work is, right? Yeah, I agree. And do you know what? We've, we've spoken about some deep stuff. Now let's talk about some yeah. some light stuff Come on. because we do that. Your best. Fir- I hate you. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you, I hate you, Rochelle, because I look at you on Instagram and I just think, God, how is that family just so beautiful? Oh, Rylan. Oh, how how I hate love her. you. You know I love you. You know I love you. But I, I just want to talk about you and Marv because, I mean, it's literally the perfect story. Explain to everyone where you met, what happened, who was involved, who was, the, who was making it all happen. Well, so Marv and I originally met when I was hosting Smile. So we met long before people actually knew we met, you know, I suppose, yeah, unless you ask. Yeah. I think people assume it was later, but we met then and we had friends in common. I was obviously young. I was like 16 um, I had a boyfriend at that time and who I thought... Oh, oh, exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. I know. Who I, at the time I thought I was going to love and marry and we were going to have babies, but, you know, you do, don't you, with your, with your first one? Oh, yeah, you're, babe, you ain't got to tell me. <laughs> I thought that was it. <laughs> we're done at 16. I've got this sussed. Um, so, yeah, so I so we'd met then and it's funny because... The first time he met me, he met me and my mum was there because my mum used to chaperone me on Smile. Awkward. Awkward. So he literally met the mother-in-law at the first at the first go. So he <laughs> he he was in a group called VS before yeah. JLS. I mean, he clearly likes uh groups with S in. Group names with yeah. letters in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we met then briefly. And then we had friends in common. So we'd sort of seen each other over the years, but not only ever, hi, you know, nice to see you. And then fast forward to about, oh gosh, we'll be married 10 years next year, so it must be like 12 years ago now. You're old. We, I know. Uh, we met, <laughs> well, he was in JLS and then I was in the Saturdays. We shared the same vocal coach. I'd just come out of a relationship which, you know, I was kind of like, no more men. I'm in a girl group. I want to be single. It wasn't like, it was quite a hard breakup. So I was really anti-meeting anyone. And my vocal coach was like, you are the same person. You are literally male and female version of each other. You have to. So she was saying the same thing to, he had asked for my number and I was like, oh no, let's not. I'm not. I was like, I am not going out with someone in a boy band. That is not going to fly with me. Absolutely not. (laughs) I was so against it. 
And then we fast forward to a couple months later, we was at a gig in Ireland. Do you remember Childline gig in Ireland? Yeah. Um, yeah, so like one of those multi-act bills where there's lots of different performers. Yeah. And we met there and we was on a night out and the after the gig, me and the girls, and the club promoter had put us on tables next to each other um, in the club. Oh, he was silly. He was silly. <laughs> um, and... Then basically that night, I remember I'd gone to the toilet and I'd left my phone on the side. And he seems to think I did this on purpose, but it's weird. I didn't do that on purpose. Don't lie, Rosh. Don't lie, Rosh. You're from Romford. Leave it out. I, I know, but I'm not... Well, he, so he, I left my phone on the side and I didn't have a lock on my phone then. It was like when everyone was on Blackberry and it wasn't really a thing. Go on. So I left my Blackberry on the side and he called himself... Got your BBM out? Yeah, got my BBM out for the lads. Um, <laughs> he called he called himself from my phone. You're joking. I know. I know. So, I, unbeknownst to me, he had my number. So... The goal. I know. It's really outrageous, really. Um, I was like, you could probably get in trouble for doing that sort of thing now. Get him arrested. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So that night, so we'd had, you know, we'd got on really well that night and then we went, we were all staying at the same hotel and we were in the hotel bar till late. And I remember getting back to my room and I was actually sharing a room with Vanessa and I remember it like as clear as day. He called me and I thought, who is this ringing me? It was like 4am and he was like, it's Marv, I've got your number. And then I was like, how did you, and I was like, how have you got my number? I didn't give you, and it was like a whole thing and then, Literally from that day, we've been like inseparable humans. Yeah. Mad. Oh my God, I'm actually going to cry. I'm actually going to cry. <laughs> well, it's not really that romantic because he stole my phone and my number. Like, it's a little bit rude. <laughs> But, but you know, the, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that down for future <laughs> reference. Actually, it's quite good. I'm to steal their phone, steal their phone. Babe, I'm telling okay, you, now, nowadays that would be definitely illegal. I wouldn't. Um, so yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was kind of, yeah, it turned into something lovely, which is nice. And it is lovely, and it's so lovely to see as well because you can see how much you two work and your gorgeous family and knowing you as well. I know how much it means to you and. I think people forget as well that regardless of our jobs, which we love and we work hard at and want want the best for ourselves, our personal lives are important and they're massively important because that's what keeps us grounded. But you managed to tick both boxes, Rosh, and I'm so thrilled for you. I really am. Oh, my gosh. You know what? It's, I, I try. I just want the best for my little family. And, it, you know, listen, some days I've really not got my shizzle together. And I think, I look at the week and I think, wow, I've got to figure out a lad's got gymnastics after school and I've not gone the peak. And, you know, and sometimes things do appear a lot more glamorous and a lot more like a well-oiled machine than the reality behind it. But we're just winging it. We're all winging it, aren't we? We're just all trying to do our best. Just making it up as we go along, babe. Basically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, I think we should go back again. Because, you know, this is my reunion podcast, and I think it's only fair that we uh, reunite you with uh, someone from your past, someone who yes. is from my past as well. And uh, I think we should do it. Are you up for it, Rosh? I'm ready. She's ready. 
It's Aaron Renfro. Double A one. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, how are you, mate? There he is. I'm good, thanks yourself. I'm really, really good. Now, for anyone listening, Aaron and Rosh, obviously, if you don't know this, get off the podcast right now. Oh. Uh, spend their early years together in S Club Juniors <laughs> and S Club Eight. But I mean, guys, this I'm calling this a, a reunion. Yeah. Do you not just not always see each other now all the bloody time? Well, yeah, we saw each other like two weeks ago. <laughs> you was it? Right, well, that's it. We've got the wrong guest, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, do you know what? It's like we don't see each other as much as we'd like to, in fairness. Like we always, we make an effort to. But you know what it's like? Life gets in the way. Aaron's busy, I'm busy. and But yeah, where we can... We always like to, you came over to me, didn't you, a couple of weeks ago? Yes, for a quiet Saturday afternoon, which ended up being a full-out Rochelle classic, Chris Jenner afternoon with drinks and food and everything. She's such the hostess of the mostest. Leave it. Uh... Aaron always calls me Chris Jenner because I like a party and I get a bit excited and I start, like, branding cocktails and I get all a little bit <laughs> into it. So, um it was supposed to be. It, it was supposed to be chilled, but it, it did turn a bit Chris. You're right. Very Chris. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with the Chris Jenner. Aaron, listen. Obviously, we've got history as well. We've worked together for a lot of years now. I know. It's so nice to see you as well. It's and always you. nice to see your lovely face. Looking very well. Oh, I don't feel it, mate. But I am. Uh, I'm getting there. I am getting there. But you are something special, Aaron, because. I've been speaking to Rosh about her journey from S Club into the Saturdays into now what she's doing. But you had a very different route because after S Club, you then decided to get into dance and choreography. And strangely enough, you ended up working alongside the Saturdays and, you know, you've been in their videos and stuff like that. How, how did that end up happening? Um, well, I just kind of like, after the band, I always knew I wanted to kind of continue performing and stuff. And I just feel like I never really had the training to kind of survive in this career. So I kind of went back and did the musical theatre training and acting and dancing and all this stuff. And then I got into some theatre stuff. And then I, but my love was kind of like commercial dance and TV shows and pop artists and doing that kind of stuff. And then I feel like the band, uh, the Saturdays was actually happening when I I was in college and I feel like you asked me to be in like your first video and I was like we did I know you did and I was like I can't because I'm stuck to my training they're very strict with like you working whilst on the job so I was like damn I'm missing these opportunities and then they literally waited for three years until I did my studies and then I um ended up I can't remember the first thing we worked together on but yeah what was the first thing but I just remember being like me and the girls were very like that we're like oh my god our friend is amazing he's doing it you know what I mean I'm not like I always would rather have people that I know and see them do well alongside. So, and then you were too good to just be our dancer. And then we were like, okay, you can, can you do our choreo? And like, I've got so many fun stories of like, like obviously Aaron choreographing lots of our most known routines and like stories of me being like, Aaron, I'm having a baby, but I know we've got a tour. So you're going to have to come to my house and breastfeeding can you just teach me this on my own? The girls were in the studio. Like, the, it, it's so wild how our life worked at one point. And Aaron would be like, literally, do you remember in my old garage? I just remember us. One of my fond memories is when you all kind of came, you had baby brains and you were like, I'm just not remembering this choreography. You were, you were 
on Lorraine <laughs> at like o'clock in the morning, and I was literally in behind the cameras, giving it full out in the studio. You lot were watching behind. Yes. I was like, "This is not meant to happen." I know. And then, and Ryland says to me, "Do you think that you would do it again?" As in, like, do all and this. You, now you have your evidence as to why. It's it's probably not the best idea anymore because genuinely, right? I don't think I could retain any of that information. Baby brain is a real thing, unless Aaron is there, literally doing it like two foot in front of me. I mean, to be fair, I'm actually the only man for the job, so I'm not sure how many people you get to do that. <laughs> yes, so true. <laughs> That's true. That is true. But listen, I'm I'm interested in things going wrong. Like you just mentioned the Lorraine thing and it was baby brains, you're behind the camera doing all that. I had a, a very strange experience with Aaron and I can see his face screwing up. It was, look at him. This is like the worst thing ever. Look at him, he's going to die. So X Factor, my biggest week, I'm doing a Spice Girl Megamix. Spice Girl Megamix, this is like my dream. And we are thrown... This... You know this is it. I've met Jerry. I've had a one-on-one lesson with Jerry. We've thrown money at it. I've jumped out of a plane for the VT. I'm parachuting into the studio. And Aaron knows I pick up choreo quite quickly. And I'm like, yeah, we've got it. Let's do it. Here we go. So proper full-on Spice Girls choreo. I could parachute down. And all Aaron had to do was unhook me from my parachute. So I start singing. I'm ready to walk forward live on air and I just feel a hand grab my back and hold me. And I'm like, I'm still stuck to this parachute. What am I going to do? I'm supposed to be doing the Who Do You Think You Are choreo. And I watched this back earlier today because I wanted to bring it up. His face. I have never seen the fear of God in someone's face more than Aaron. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to watch this. The first thing I'm doing when this is over <laughs> is getting on YouTube. This is probably like my worst thing that ever happened to me in my whole entire career. I knew, <laughs> I knew how much this like meant to Ryland. It was a big week with Spice Girls. And the thing is, what's funny, we rehearsed and rehearsed and I was always like, clip, undone, straight away. It was always the other dancer that was bumbling. And I was like, I'm going to smash this. But I remember the, the choreographer was actually like, guys, you're in shot for the unclipping. So can you really try and sell the unclip? So, and the thing is, when I was there and I just was like, why is it not doing what it did in rehearsals? And then I'm thinking, oh my God, he told us to like, we're on camera and we can be seen. And then I was literally like, it's like my whole life went into slow motion. I was like, come on, speed up, speed up, speed up. <laughs> oh no. Well, we finally got it unclipped. And I was like, oh my God. Then I remembered my position was at the front, 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 front of the stage. So and I had to, I had to, yeah, but you can just push through the middle. I had to literally like run backstage, run around the screens and literally hop, skip and a jump, fly. If you carry on watching this, uh, the, the clip, I literally just shot into camera. Like my shirt is all scruffy. I'm panicking. <laughs> I am panicking. But yeah, that is probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I think I literally cried when I came off stage. I, I think it. He actually did. And I was like, stop it. Leave it. It's fine. We had a laugh. Oh, bless you. Well, the good thing is, the good thing is I watched it knowing you both at the time and I didn't notice it. I've actually not known this story until now. There you go. So I don't think anyone else noticed, but but now I am going to watch it again. Just just to see the fear on his face. Did anything ever go wrong? With, with Aaron and the girls, was there anything ever going wrong there? No. We're very attacked, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think I think there was always Aaron was it was more that Aaron was like saving at saving us. I think there's there was on tour Aaron there was always some sort of wardrobe malfunction where like he'd be dancing with us and what something my costumes I don't know if it was just because I really enjoyed tour catering but they would always rip. So I just remember like always like being like oh and him looking at me and going to me cover your or, or like he's just always in tune with me to say like cover yourself or like him dance around me to like conceal them basically rush rush is hanging out there's kids in the front so yeah yeah exactly exactly that so i think every night that was always a mixed bag of like you know there's a rip somewhere and after all that on the last night of one of their tours we were dressed as firemen for all fired up and they thought it'd be a really good idea to cut our trousers. We were basically wearing hot pants. And the, and the thing is, because it was the last night, we were literally like, oh my God, there's no other clothes on the railings. We have to go on stage with these. And it was like the most mortifying experience. Oh, I forgot we did that to you. That was an absolute sabo. That was, that was savage, really. We would always, there was always <laughs> some sort of prank on the last night. So the dancers would do it to us and like randomly change the routines or not be there. And we, you know, just as a last night thing, just for a laugh. So we were like, ha ha, we'll go one better than that. Here go your trousers, kids, and cut them all off. Yeah, that was that. No wardrobe left. Listen, the crowd went wild. The crowd went wild. Yeah, listen, I've got to say, I've seen his legs. Nice pair of legs. Nice pair of pins, Al. That's what I'm saying. Get them out. Get your legs out for the lads. Why not? Um, Why not? Aaron. It's been so nice catching up with you, I think, for both of us, because uh, it's so strange how we're all so interconnected. But Aaron, tell us, what are you up to? What's next for Aaron Renfrey? Um, Oh, God. Um, I've just been working with Todrick, actually. (gasps) Love him. Um, I've been doing a few of his gigs. And boy, that um, show is full out. Like, he is full out with feeling. He's an amazing performer. I really admire him. I love him. Another thing where I've like I've known him for years and it, an opportunity came up where he was over in the UK doing some gigs and then, um, yeah, I got on board so that was super, super fun. Um, and then I, a few things I can't say but then I know I can say this at the end of the year, obviously Panto, which is one of my favourite gigs to choreograph, you know, because obviously the pandemic but I'm going to get back into that amazing. Christmas spirit and do the Panto this year which is in Wimbledon which will be fun. Oh my gosh, I'm definitely bringing the kids. Yes. I'm, I'm coming. Good. I want to come. Oh, should we get? Should we do a little? Should we go together? Rosh, we'll go yes. together. Yeah, let's do it. Should we get a little mini bus, little party bus? Oh, don't get me excited. I'll start doing Chris Jenner stuff. Yes, get your cocktails out. <laughs> Aaron, listen. Oh, we'll definitely do that. We are definitely coming. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's a pleasure, and it's so good to see you looking so well and happy, and just loving your life. So, um, we'll definitely catch up soon. Love you, Aaron. Love you, Aaron. Love you too. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Reunion, brought to you by... Bingo! She's done it. Sorry, I can't help myself. Back to the show, please. Bit embarrassing. Oh, Rosh, how lovely was that? Oh, my goodness, that was so nice. So nice. And I didn't know those stories, so I'm pleased we did that. He's, a, you know, he's such a nice boy. He's such a nice boy. And do you know what? I totally get why you... St- used to a close because he's so decent yeah he is such a good egg honestly everybody needs an Aaron for sure everyone needs an Aaron well look Rosh we're coming to the end and I've got to ask you a few questions before I let you go (gasps) go on and this obviously 
just stays between us, obviously. First question. Right. If there was one reunion you really didn't want to happen, who would it be and why? Oh, that's a good question. Come on. Um, Come on, bring out the Romford. Come on. Oh, she can't ever not. <laughs> um, I would... <laughs> I can't say a name, but I can describe. All right. Go on. Is that okay? Yeah, it's like a game of guess who. Come on. Yeah, so a reunion with a company that I worked for that... I'm going to use this. I need to be careful here. However, a company that I worked for that for a good number of years that, you know, we had a really good relationship and they basically told me that because I then was going to have a baby, which, by the way, is not really legal, that I no longer yeah. was required and that they were going to go for somebody that wasn't... Are you joking? Yeah. No way. Yeah, I mean, the team there could have changed since, but at the time, that's exactly what happened. And I, since then, they've asked to work with me, like, years later. But I won't. I can't. No. So, yeah, that's the reunion that I'll, that I'll never... No. Yeah. You know, like, they hire you because you're like, oh, you're a family person. I'm like, well, that family brand thing isn't a lie. You know, I still am going to continue to have a family and raise my family... Um, wow. So, yeah, they sort of hired me when I had, I'd already had a baby. Um, but then I got pregnant and they were like, no, sorry, we're not, that's not really the route we're going down. Yeah. That's shocking. And do you know what? We'll probably bleep this out in the podcast, but f them. Exactly. F them. <laughs> <laughs> Rush, that's a reunion you don't want to have. But I've got. One more question for you. No, not going to happen. I've got one more question for you. And I like to ask all my guests this. Yeah. If me and you were to reunite in 10 years' time, where is Rochelle Humes? And I hope if you and I reunite, or when we do in 10 years, that we are on a yacht somewhere, babe. We're on a yacht. <laughs> we're living our best life. We're not over Zoom. We're doing this face-to-face -face in, like, the middle of the Indian Ocean somewhere, sipping a margarita, living our best damn life, honey. Yeah! Slagging everyone off. Bringing the Rockford on tour. <laughs> Do you know what? Absolutely. Rockford girls on tour. I'm up for that. Listen, Rosh. This has just been so lovely. Oh, so nice. And, you know, I get to speak to a lot of people on this podcast, but, you know, it's nice oh. when you've got that personal connection with someone. And I am so thrilled for you. I look at you and think, girl done good, and it couldn't have happened to a nicer girl. Um, and I'm so proud of you. Right back at you. Right back at you. You know I love you time and time again, over and over again. Always. Always, babe. Thank you so much. You stay safe. You stay well. And, you. and I can't wait for a Chris Jenner cocktail. <laughs> oh, I'm, babe, I'm ready when you are. It's, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? <laughs> Allegedly. It's fine. We'll Allegedly. sort it. <laughs> Rochelle, I love you. Love you. Thanks, Bri. Mwah. 
Oh, I hope you enjoyed that and I hope you could feel the love. A massive thank you to Rochelle for joining me on my reunion today. It's always lovely to catch up with her. And a massive thank you too to Aaron Renfrey. What a good guy he is. Uh, I've got so many more reunions to come, so make sure you subscribe to this podcast. You just have to hit that button that says follow or subscribe and you'll get the next episode without having to lift a finger. You can carry on all of the fun at Sky Bingo. But please remember, 18 plus, always gamble responsibly. Until next time, bye.